Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Um, we got an interesting one for you today. I am your co-host, Kyle Bird. And I'm Matt Parmley. And uh, we got our, our friend uh, Tom here, who shows up here a lot. Um, we needed him today. How you doing? I am insert human <laughs> emotion to be here. <laughs> um... I don't know which one yet. <clears throat> I yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. So we're here to talk about a movie. I said that it's they're supposed to sound like a question. Um, called Dragon Lizard Lord Super Monsters. Super Monster. Anyway, um, this is uh, directed by Omar. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Saya, I'll just call him Omar. Saya, <laughs> um, and uh, we're talking about that, and then it's animated sequel. I did say animated. Um, Hammer of Draco, uh, which having seen it, I don't, I don't get that title. <laughs> but anyway, um, some of you may know of the films of which I speak. Um, and uh, you may even be thinking, why are they talking about this? Um, like, you know, are they really going to talk about these before we've uh, done episodes on, you know, Them or Gorath or Yongari or Polgasari? Uh, and, uh, the answer is yes. Um, we are. <laughs> I don't know why we are, but we are. We'll get to those. Trust me, Matt and I have kind of, uh, we've kind of listed out the, uh, the big things that we haven't talked about. Like, I don't know why we haven't, like, that stuff that we probably should have done, like, in our first year of existing, but you know what? We have priorities here at Kaiju Transmissions, okay? Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know if they make any sense, but we have them, okay? The and, and this, this felt like something that we we needed to address. This Dragon Lizard Lord, uh, it is uh, available as a limited edition Blu-ray release from SRS Cinema, um, from what I understand. <laughs> For reasons you can probably put together once we actually tell you what this is, um, 
I, I believe that is to stay a limited website-only release. Um, and uh, so this is one that... I guess, I guess I'll give the kind of backstory. Uh, so Dragon Lizard Lord is a movie that is cobbled together from several Godzilla fan films that were made in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, uh, and uh, this Omar fella, he would make those and, you know, every year enter them into GFES, um uh amateur movie uh contest um which i've talked about before i on this podcast i think i think probably on the fan films episode but um that used to be one of the highlights of g fest honestly um like we i we've we've all mentioned nowadays like um they they accept a lot of entries and uh like a lot of them are just like you know, people with toys and stuff. But back in the day, almost any entry would be like something that was either kind of clever and, or, or something where someone spent like all year making suits or doing stop motion for like their own homemade models. It was really cool. Um, so these were, I think, like in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. That's when I was not, I was like on a break from G Fest. So I never saw these. But. Um, like, in, if you look at old G-fans, you can see, like, some articles about them. Like, one of them was Godzilla vs. Dracos. Um, the other one was Godzilla vs. Bagan. So, yes, uh... One of them is, is, you know, hyped up pretty decently as being, like, the first, uh, G-fest fan, you know... What do they call it? The, the the fan contest or whatever. Like the first one to really utilize, uh, like suits like and uh, suits and, yes. and yeah, because um, uh, some of the really old ones you can probably find on YouTube, but a lot of them were like uh, people would make models and do stop motion, or um, you know, people would do like a goofy skit where they kind of like insert themselves into like a clip from the movie or something, um. Nowadays, uh, you know, it's there's so many entries. It's kind of like the costume contest a little bit, where there's so many entries, and, like a bunch of them are just like those people in like those inflatable Godzilla costumes. Like the the video contest. I remember when I first got like went to G Fest after many many years. I was like, oh, I can't wait to to check out the video contest because those little fan films were always so fun. And then like a ton of them were just like people uh, like you know animating like. Bandai toys without like any, you know, there's no dialogue or music or anything, and it just seemed like forever of of watching those. And I was like, I'm not gonna, like, it's not what it used to be. Um, so Some of them aren't even like animating or even attempting like a stop motion thing. They're just like, like shaking the toy like off camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so uh so so anyway, uh in the heyday of the amateur video contest, uh this guy Omar was making his own shorts and yeah, making his own uh like cardboard buildings and suits uh which it seems like most of it he does by himself. Um and uh so I'm not sure what happened between, you know, I don't know, like 2000 
whatever and now that that made him decide to do this but he basically took all of those shorts um and like basically like smashed them together into like about an hour long movie um where he completely wrote a new storyline and new dialogue and everything and dubbed over it um and uh made it into this um obviously so so part of this new storyline um uh and part of this redubbing is uh dubbing over them is um now the monsters are not Godzilla, Bagan, King Ghidorah now they're uh Godzilla's Tiamat and there's a son of Tiamat and then um Bagan, Bagan is is now Nedhog. Uh Dracos, which was his own monster, is now Quetzalcoatl. That's kind of strange. Um and I, I don't think I don't I don't recall the the Ghidra having a name. Um anyway, obviously that's a way to make this sellable <laughs> in in some way. I, I, I think there's probably still some gray area here. Um because I think part of uh you know plagiarism cases is like the the product can't be confused with the the real thing which you know i don't know if someone like viewed looked at pictures they would probably see godzilla um but anyway they they're not being sold as toho monsters anymore at least um and uh another thing about omar is he he's very uh i don't know the man um, I interacted with him extremely briefly. Like I don't, he probably wouldn't even remember uh, at G Fest um, when I, I was sitting down with Avery Guerrera and Kevin Derendorf in the lobby. Seemed like a really nice guy, you know. So you know, if if he's listening, which he may be, you know, I I uh, I want to, you know, I want to. I don't I don't want him to think like 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 we say. Just because we say some bad things about your movie, it doesn't mean we don't like you. <laughs> It's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he seemed like a, a very friendly person. Um, I will say that. But, uh, um, but uh, you know, just looking at, you know, his, his social media posts and stuff, he, he, has, a, he has a very, uh, I guess, uh, there's a very thorough lore that he has created uh, for his characters now. Um, because he also writes graphic novels and comic books and, and, and all kinds of stuff with these monsters and, and he calls them dragons. And, you know, if you, if you look at the stuff that's not dragon lizard Lord there, they seem more like your traditional dragons. Um, but he also seems to kind of have his own, I don't know what to call it, like religion, almost pseudo religion or some kind of personal belief system that is is tied in in with dragons. So a lot of that is he, he's putting it into his work and that includes the this new I guess dub and edit of these Godzilla fan films. Um so I maybe that's why his his Dracos character is now Quetzalcoatl, maybe it has something to do with his own cuz he he has all this lore and stuff that he's created for this I guess his own little mythology and, and he's retroactively put it onto this, which was basically Godzilla fan films. So, 
So that's why it's like that. Um, yeah, it's a weird. It's hard to unravel exactly the the machinations or motivations <laughs> or timeline behind how it all kind of unraveled, you know? Um, because as far back, at least as from what I've been able to tell by attempting to click around his, um, his very interesting dragon website, um, there's a return of the dragon lizard Lord Quetzalcoatl movie or not movie book that, uh, was published in 2012. Yeah. So he's been doing this a long time and, and, uh, and I think hammer so the, of the Draco dragon, is 2017, the dragon lizard Lord thing has been a thing since at least 2012, probably in his mind before that. Right. Yeah. Cause this says return of the dragon lizard Lord. Um, although who knows that that <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean a sequel or anything. Um, so, you know, it, it could be something that's been a thing he's kind of wanted to do for a, for longer than, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Whether he he redubbed this this these Godzilla fan films into his Dragon Lizard Lord mythology, or whether he, and and then whether he came up with this Dragon Lizard Lord stuff first, and then went back and dubbed these Godzilla fan films into that, or whether he redubbed his Godzilla films into Dragon Lizard Lord things and then kept that going. Well, since it seems to be like an actual like belief system he has, I would probably assume he had all that before and then went back and put it into these Godzilla films. I would think, but you know, who knows. Um and then, and then uh, another question that I would like to know the answer is like, how did this get to SRS? <laughs> I can actually kind of follow why they would want to release it because, like, if you actually look, like, if if you've listened to our interview with Ron from SRS, or if you just know a little bit about the company, like, he used to just make shot on video stuff in his backyard with his friends and he would be like, no one wants to release my stuff. So I just will release it myself. And that's what SRS is. And SRS has always been very like SRS, like started as a, a, a place that would release like homemade shot on video, like backyard movies. So I can, I can see why they would be like, okay, this checks that box, and then it also kind of checks the box of, like, you know, we, we've been putting out these kaiju releases that have been doing okay. But I don't know how how that, you know, I don't know how, how the two, how, how did they meet? <laughs> That's what I don't know. <laughs> um, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, so 
anyway, yes. Another thing to know is that uh, the the one of the inspirations for Omar making this into a of a, a movie to basically turning all these Godzilla fan films that were just you know a little bit of story and just a monster fight into one big thing was Gamera Super Monster, hence the Super Monster uh, in the title. That's an intentional homage to Gamera Super Monster. So if you have ever, if you've always just thought about Gamera Super Monster as like, you know, what, has anything good ever come out of that POS? Um, the answer is still no. <laughs> 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 but it's probably the first time it's probably the only time someone has looked at Gamera Super Monster and been like I'm going to do something like that. <laughs> um the three of us are going to have to kind of come together to uh try to explain the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh God! Um, I guess what people should know is a lot of what we're about to say is not in the movie. <laughs> yes, the movie is very much literally almost a randomized sequence of shots and scenes with dialogue that sometimes isn't even matching what's going on on screen. Very um, often, and. Uh, the Sometimes the, the disc says. has a commentary, and <laughs> I, and so like listening to the commentary, there's times where he's like, "Well, this is what's happening here. Like this guy feels betrayed by this guy, and this guy is going to turn into this monster." And then you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait! Like, what? That's what's supposed to be happening?" So like, I yeah, the 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 movie itself, I don't know how much someone can keep up with. Very little. Like, if I were to summarize this based on just the movie and not, like, what's in the, what's what's supposed to be happening according to the commentary, I don't even know if you could. Because it's just like, Um, Godzilla, now called Tiamat, is just fighting a bunch of monsters and then, like... There's a sword fight. Yeah, what? and then what you do know is, uh, yeah, there's a sword fight with him and some guy, uh, Omar who I think is supposed to be the character turning into Tiamat. That's yeah. not in the movie, though. No. Also, also correct. <laughs> that's, that's, that's stated in the commentary, but that's, yeah. there's no indication. I think indication. there's a part where he runs off and he's like, I'll be back or something, and then they, and then they cut to like a, uh, a monster fight, but that's like the closest there is. There's um, no indication in the movie that the people are turning into the monsters. And then there, no. and then, and and so, uh, so he fights a dude in an Adidas jacket with a sword, and then there's <laughs> seems to be like a military government conspiracy? government conspiracy kind of thing, yeah. And then there's also a guy in a chair, yeah, the guy in a chair, and they keep showing a shot of him like pointing a gun at someone. Supposedly, he turns into Bagon at the end, or Ned Hogg. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, he turns into the not bag on at the end, but I I wouldn't have known that without the commentary. And then there's um, isn't there also kind of like almost like a little like a dragon like 
worshipping cult? Yeah, this is the most that I can make from the movie itself, is there's, like, a dragon-worshipping cult, and, like, they mention... They're they're trying to do something, for sure. Yeah, and they're trying to do something so they can ascend into being dragon angels. Well, that's not in the movie. That's the commentary helping you fill that puzzle. (laughs) You're getting confused about what's actually in the movie and what's... And what Omar tells you is in the movie. Okay. In the well, is there country. anything in the movie that I haven't, that we know that I haven't brought up? Uh, a, lot, a lot of fighting. You, you, could, you could surmise for sure that this, this dueling cultists group, because remember they have that fight in the garage? Yeah. That they have something to do with this sword fight. And that all of that has something, maybe, to do with powering up Tiamat enough to be able to defeat an alien invasion. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, there's aliens. So and uh, lightsaber wielding Jet Jaguar. Yeah, who is now a robot called? uh, It's something really silly. Isn't it like, is it like Robo something or? It's like someone's name. And then like. like Robo Billy or Billy like Robotics Billy or something. Billy Tron yeah. or something. Maybe. It's something like that. I, I don't think that's it quite, but it it's something very similar to Billy Tron if, if that's not it. Um, but yeah, what it's, are the aliens involved with all the dragon stuff? No, but they're. You get the. I got the feeling from watching just the movie that they're the ones possibly bringing out the evil monsters and trying to take over the earth. And that all of this dueling cultist stuff is all about trying to power up or not power up Tiamat enough to be able to defeat all of these evil kaiju. And ultimately culminating in a battle between him and not Jet Jaguar and not Bagan. So then the commentary... And also, and also beef up. <laughs> yeah, they say that a few times, don't they? Yeah, beef up! Um, it literally has as much context as I just put into it. Yeah. People don't understand <laughs> how confusing this thing is. Uh, so the commentaries version of the storyline says that like the monsters are people that are turning... Are trying to ascend. Yeah, they're trying to turn into the monsters and fight, and whoever wins like gets to ascend to be a dragon angel. Yes. And it the commentary does not focus very much on the fact that there's aliens in it. Yeah, the 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 most I remember from the commentary is that he says something about how, how Zarkor the, aliens, the invader is a piece of crap. Yeah, he has it out for Zarkor. <laughs> uh he's not wrong though. Zarkor is a piece of crap. Uh um 
yeah, he he's. I think he says something like the 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 aliens are there to like, like the the aliens are there to like make the dragons into like basically to like provoke the dragons into fighting and ascending into being angels or something. It's not going to make sense no matter what how how it, it, like. There's no information that's going to make this make any sense. So, I mean, you've done a pretty admirable. You made an attempt, and it was probably better and more succinct than anything in the movie, and uh, probably the commentary. So. Yeah, did we forget anything? <laughs> no, I mean, no, some, I mean, not in terms of the quote unquote yeah, not like story. In terms of story, no. That seems. Uh, I mean, there's a lot. You're, there's a lot we're not talking about yet, but <laughs> random well, subway shops and uh, <laughs> '60s Batman pals and punches and effects and things. Yeah. So My favorite- like, yeah. So whenever there's yeah, if whenever there's like humans fighting, he he has like the little comic book bubbles, but that say pow, like the old Batman show. But uh, I don't know. He says that he he couldn't afford to make more bubbles, so it's the same. So it's just pow instead of like he doesn't have wham or smack or anything like that. He apologizes for that like a hundred times in the commentary. He's like, "I'm sorry, I only have pows. Next time, I'll do better, guys. I'll have some whams." <laughs> yeah, and he says like it doesn't matter though because uh, dragons can crush Batman anyways. The commentary itself is. It's something else. Yeah. It really is. It's something else. I mean, for for starters, it's the only way you'll ever understand what's happening in the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, and even and even with it, yeah. Also no. A lot of it is him saying he doesn't understand what's happening. Yes. Yes. There there are definitely parts where he argues with himself uh, about what is happening in a given <laughs> moment. Um until he finally kind of catches the thread and remembers what's hap- what's supposed to be happening. Um, but yes, there are, there are long uh, diatribes against Zarkor the invader for not using any, any airplane models. Um, there are uh, weird non sequiturs about uh, him having an argument with a friend and about Beowulf and getting a gun pulled on him. Over the movie Beowulf, <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. It's all just something else. It really is. It, it's a. It's a different plane of experience from any other movie you've ever had in the entirety of your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. It doesn't sound like it borders on experimental. (laughs) Yes. Border. Yeah. (laughs) It, it sort of operates with like that very young childlike sense of like trying to tell you a story, but they, they don't have the words yet to tell you what's going on. They can only convey like really specific ideas that only they understand. But in this case, it's like, snippets of different stories mashed together it's uh it's bizarre that's a good like 
description. Yeah, that like someone knows exactly someone who knows someone who knows exactly what they mean, but really has no idea how to get what they mean across. Um, and it's it it so feels like it was almost just edited, if not shot. Uh, in sequence and on the fly, <laughs> like in real time, because um, sound effects very often hit like a half second after uh, or before the thing that happens. Um, my absolute favorite thing that happens that's kind of, that's just like a like a such a weird editing choice is um, <laughs> they have a fight inside of a of a like house at one point. And as the one guy is going to, uh, like, has his back turned or something, another guy kicks him, and he slips and smashes his head off the molding of the doorframe, like, legitimately. And the he must have gotten knocked unconscious. And the movie shows that, that again in slow motion. <laughs> And it is the only time that happens. It's the only time there's any slow motion in the movie. It just suddenly is like, oh, that was awesome. I got to show that again. <laughs> you just see this dude biff off a door frame. It's incredible. <laughs> there's also like, <laughs> he has, uh, he makes music with this oh, guy. Yeah. I don't know, this producer or you know, local music guy called Oddity. And like, I don't know, it's not quite, it's not quite rap. It's not quite rapping, but like. It's not quite techno. Yeah, it's just like and stuff. it's not quite metal. <laughs> yeah, it's in a gray area between all of those things. Um, and like the songs that he sings are like, like, kind of telling you like things that well i don't know he says that he put the songs he did in the movie as narration like the lyrics are like supposed to be explaining what's happening they and, tell you things that are going to happen sometimes the fir- the opening song definitely i feel tells you a thing that like is going to happen and definitely is uh is this is not a song about king Ghidorah. Please don't sue me, but this is totally a song about King Ghidorah uh, because it's like Destroyer Zero will destroy you with his three heads. Destroyer Zero, like, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, at one point in the commentary, he ca- he calls it a musical <laughs> because of these songs, but I don't. I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's, there's a music video called Rain Supreme. Oh, well, that- yeah. Well, we'll talk about the music <laughs> video. That's a whole other. That's like an in between quill, supposedly, to this and the uh, <laughs> the animated the animated movie. Um. So I mean, I, there's so so the human plot makes no sense. Um. 
and I mean, it, it really feels more like, you know, the, these feel like home movies more than something like Conga TNT or Zilla Foot. Um, like, the, these, these are more like, you know, the movies you probably would have made when you were, like, in high school, you know, with your friends there's, or something. There's more of a purity to this than there is to Zilla Foot. I, I, I know I, I wasn't, I, I wasn't on, that. I wasn't on the Zilla Foot episode with you and Trev didn't watch this. Uh, but even though this is quite possibly the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life, uh, I find it less offensive than Zilla Foot. And I will and, say this uh, about Omar. <laughs> You it's know, less exploitative. Yeah, God, God bless him. Uh, I agree. If I'm actually like talking about you know all the thousands of movies I've seen in my life, this may very well be like as a movie the worst I've ever seen. I talked about Hip Hop Locos, a movie called Hip Hop Locos, on the Zilla Food <laughs> episode, and I think this may have unseated Hip Hop Locos. <laughs> Um, however, and I will say this because my point is that I, I am agreeing with you. I will, and I will say this about, uh, Mr. Omar. I almost begrudgingly like respect him for this stuff. Like there's a, there's a kind of like what Matt said. I mean, uh, there's a, 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 there's a sincerity to this that is, it is, I would describe maybe like like very childlike, but like he believes he believes in what he's doing in a way that it doesn't have the cynicism behind it that you know something like a Zilla Foot might have. Like I don't know, he's I I, I, I said Zilla, this. Foot, Zilla Foot definitely has a just throw Zilla on there and will trick some idiots into watching it sort of feel to it. And this doesn't have that. This is he gently. That's why it's almost a shame that this isn't a, uh, a wider released movie because I could see the, the people who, you know, make it a regular tradition to watch the room or plan nine or birdemic uh, or Troll 2 picking up on this because this is, first of all, this is by far the closest this fandom has to one of those movies. Yeah, I, I, I said this in our chat, but I really, like, there's a weird, I don't know, there's like, I'm uh, this this man, Omar, is like weirdly fascinating, like, and as a and person, like, I, like, people like this... Don't you don't meet them every day? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, he I says s- on the commentary. He says on the commentary that he was arrested for trespassing, even though he had the proper permits or or whatever to be where he was. Which um, I believe him, I guess. But I could also see how he would be mistaken on that. <laughs> like, like, uh. But, you know, he says, and then, you know, I just, I pled my case and said, how can you, you know, shut us down and find me? Like, I can't afford to pay a fine. And plus I'm creating a national treasure here. And there is not a (laughs) 
drip of irony in that comment. Yeah, it's same. There's a part where he says he thinks it's one of the probably one of the great, probably quote unquote one of the, the greatest movies ever made, and you just be- you believe him. I mean, you don't believe him because of what you're watching. You believe him because of like how he says it. Like I I said this in the chat. He is. The, the this genre we finally have our Tommy Wiseau, yeah. and like I you know Wiseau obviously you know after the room blew up he 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 his career tra- tra- there was a trajectory where he like was in on the joke and everything but I mean everything from you know if you whether you've read the book or watched the the movie uh, the Disaster Artist like when he made the room he was legitimately like. I'm making a real movie. I'm making the best movie I can. And like he was like like there there is a sincerity behind the room. And and I think that I don't know, bad movie lovers like us, like at least me, like I can I can sniff out when something isn't like you know, I can I can tell when something's trying to be ironic or or whatever. And this guy just wholeheartedly believes in what he's doing to the point where, like I said, I, I think, I think there's like some personal belief system tied into it. Like it's like his religion, even like that's what I, that's what I, what I mean when I'm like, this guy's like legitimate, this is a legitimately interesting person. <laughs> like, yes. <clears throat> and as, and as bad as these movies might be, they are interesting, and and you know there's a there's a there is a there's a, a purity to them that that you 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 don't get with with most twenty first century. And I this was parts of this were in the late twentieth century, right? Because they were parts of this were made in like ninety eight, ninety nine. <laughs> um, but that you don't get with twenty first century bad kaiju movies this this sincerity it's always there's always winking at the camera and nudge nudge and and you know ha ha doesn't it look bad and omar is legitimately trying to make the best thing he possibly can and in that vein what i'll say and and what would earn this what earns this movie any points in terms of like on any kind of a legitimate critical scale of talking about movies is his suits are really, really quite good. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, if you're comparing it to Godzilla suits or even, you know, suits from lower budget, you know, tokusatsu films, like, uh, like, you no, know, it's not going to hold a candle to it. But it, it's it's one of those things where, like, for example, like I mentioned the G Fest. You know, they have the costume parade, which has some really impressive stuff every single year. Like these are the kind of costumes that would probably win those. Yeah, and the the making of that he did, which actually I I think is kind of fascinating. He talks about how. Um, like when when the the first you know ninety eight ninety nine when he's making the first fan film he's he's in high school and he's working with people he says that are younger than him he says he's a senior in high school so he's working with like juniors and sophomores in high school and I just want to revisit the previous like innocence comment because 
they like it's like that that childlike um pattern of thinking he never grew out of and like it almost has like this weird sweetness to it where like he's so sincere in what he's doing that i can't find fault in what he's making like it's it's hard to for me to talk bad about the movie when i know that he put so much blood sweat and tears in it and you see that come out in the making of because he talks about like the quote unquote not king Ghidorah suit he stayed up all night basically etching in by hand all the different scales. You know, like that is such tedious work and that costume is huge. Um, we oddly enough, the quality of video that you get in the making of seems almost better than what we get in the movie. <laughs> but some of the behind the scenes stuff, like the pictures and the process of making the suit, actually is really good. Uh the first, you know, not Godzilla suit that he made, I thought was pretty fantastic. And he's doing all this stuff by hand, he's painting it by hand, he talks about how he's you know, when he was making these movies, um, he really didn't think about safety. Like he was talking about inhaling fumes by accident. And they had um, even like he's like, I, it's a wonder none of us didn't get really badly hurt. We shouldn't have done it. It was stupid. Uh, there's an outtake even in the making of where like the Godzilla suit, they actually use real fire for some sequences coming out of the mouth. The the suit's mouth catches on fire like and oh, you know, he, they, he says in the commentary, Matt, not to interrupt. He says he lit lit his head on fire during that. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, and he he <laughs> said that's why they uh, that's why he moved to uh, like the animated fire and stuff. Yeah, he um, he mentions like using animated fire, like that's what they would be more reliant on if they were doing it now. But like you know, they're throwing sparklers at the suits and stuff. They have paper airplanes are showing, but like it's such a like. Working with just what you have, putting all of your effort into the suit, which are kind of the mainstay of what he's trying to make. And honestly, like, I, I can't hate on the guy for that because the suits are pretty awesome overall. And Contextualize it, it, too, I think, is important. This is – these were – like I, I mentioned, these were being made in the late 20th century. The, this, this was being made by a high school senior in the late 90s with – virtually no internet access that's incredible when you think about it <laughs> you know that that the suits look as good as they do and you know like yeah they're not going to hold a candle to even like the low budget stuff that people think of like death kappa or something like that you know that 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 but that actually has like a you know a kaizo morase actually worked on the suit or something but then the movie is just low budget but they are they're they are like the best uh fan made suits you'll see that like that quality um like they stand up there with like the best fan made suits that you see um maybe not the very very best there was a really great good one great great couple um from g fest this year that were pretty mind blowing but this is like a half step below those couple. It, and it's these could win, and it's like, and if, it's a and it's a high school senior doing it with his own materials, not with a budget of any kind, and with no, he doesn't have the benefit of any, uh, you know. Oh, let me go on on YouTube and and figure out the type of paint to use to make sure it sticks to the foam the correct way, and that, that those kinds of things, you know. There's there's no wealth of information right at his fingertips to go and figure this out. Yeah. Like, um, when I was in high school, I was making, you know, little 
movies with my friends and in my backyard and i I mean this is better than those (laughs) i'll say that uh you know i mean where we would you know i don't know just take like laundry baskets and stack them on top of each other or something you know he he actually would like make buildings. Granted, they're cardboard and they look like cardboard. You know, if a monster picks up a building, you can even see the little flaps at the bottom. <laughs> you know, but I I mean he 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 certainly worked on on his high school backyard movies more than I ever did. Um. Uh. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of a good segue into. I mean, we we've talked about as little as much of the incomprehensible little storyline there that there is but uh i mean i it's mostly these monster fights from these old fan films so um uh yeah i mean the suits look look pretty good for for what they are being you know handmade by you know high school kids and uh you know the miniatures you know they're they're not something that would you know impress you know our friend jared who is like he makes his own miniatures and is like very passionate about it and you know but he uses like proper materials and stuff you know he's not using (laughs) cardboard cardboard boxes um but you know i mean this is where you know once again we talk about like just as as a you know i don't even know if filmmaker is even the right word you know i i don't think these fights were really choreographed uh you know i mean everything is definitely filmed from like angles that you know make it look like just people in suits and cardboard buildings um uh there's definitely no choreograph being done and <clears throat> again at leads to some of the charm there's a there's a definite moment where uh I'm not. Sure. I think it's Dracos, or well, Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he, when Quetzalcoatl is fighting Tiamat, and uh, I'm pretty sure Quetzalcoatl loses sight of where whoever's in Quetzalcoatl loses sight of where Tiamat is, and is like spinning around looking for him, <laughs> and smashes it in the face with his wing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and Tiamat just like falls the over backwards, and then they start fighting again, and it's like, yeah, that was. <laughs> That was a complete accident. <laughs> like, well, speaking about uh, speaking of not being able to see the the making of, there's this clip and he's he's talking about like the suit actors in the the Draco suit, and he's taking this pair of shears like scissors and j- and jabbing new eye holes because they couldn't see out of the suit, but the guy's still in there, so he's like jabbing scissors basically at your face while you're in the suit so that you can be you know you're able to see out of it. Yeah, don't and worry it just, about it. Yeah, it. it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's also a a making of thing where the monsters are like stomping the city and you can like they're doing the thing from gmk where the uh the the baragon suit actor is like and they're doing that as they kind of stomp on the buildings which was was it was pretty fun actually so the the making of i thought was actually really well done and i would recommend if you're going to get this you're going to watch it watch the commentary watch the making of because like at least you can appreciate what it took to bring this to life even if he you mentions the life <laughs> he mentions in and i honestly don't know if it's the commentary for the second film but he mentions in one of his commentaries that originally 
there were no sound effects on the kaiju at all because he wanted it to be like Aegon, the atomic dragon. <laughs> he <laughs> chooses the weirdest stuff. For, for <laughs> Gamera, super monster, and Aegon, the atomic dragon. But also he has the weirdest arc. stuff is like is inspiration. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Aegon, I, I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> Those scenes that like don't have sound, sound effects. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, um, dragon, lizard, the, I, you know what suit isn't that great is uh, the when uh, Godzilla, I mean Tiamat, which the commentary is full of those. He's like, and uh, this is where got uh, Tiamat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but where he like gets like uh, super powered and like, I guess, stronger, so he gets bigger. But like instead of like, like he just kind of like becomes like a morbidly obese Godzilla. <laughs> he talks in the commentary about that a little bit about how it that's a half suit. The fat Godzilla. Oh yeah, because it had to be because he had to because he Weird wanted something. Water. Yeah, that he could walk in water with. Because I guess there was a part earlier where he jumped in the water with like the other suit, and it like flooded Almost immediately or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then he mentioned he says he he says he was wearing only a half suit, and he thought it would be easier, but then there were all kinds of rocks on the bottom of the water that were just cutting his feet apart anyway. So. <laughs> But yes, uh, obese Godzilla is a sight to it's a sight to see. Um, it is. It's something else. But yeah, if you just want an idea of just how, like, yeah, this is just people in the backyard making making stuff. Like we mentioned, for whatever reason, he has a hang up with Zarkor's director saying that because of budgetary limitations, they couldn't like do any good aircraft models or whatever. So he uh, he said uh, as kind of an F.U. to Zarkor, he uh, just like made paper airplanes and like threw them, <laughs> threw them at the guy in the suit. <laughs> and, and yeah, they're, they're paper airplanes. I mean, they're taped up a little nicer and, you know, maybe they'll be on a string here or there or whatever. But, you know, I mean, they're... It looks like a guy getting hit with a paper airplane. <laughs> um, it's something else. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, 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 it's easily the worst... <laughs> in, in, I haven't seen, you know, the shorts the, before they got turned into this. Uh, but, I mean, as, in its current form, this is easily probably the worst movie I've ever seen. I would imagine the shorts kind of have to be better. Yeah, I mean, I they 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 probably are more straightforward, right? It, like they're probably just like some people hanging out, and then it's like, oh, Godzilla and Ghidorah are fighting over there, and then they probably just end. Like they're probably not like whatever this is. Yeah, which with the other thing we didn't mention that's in, and apologies for not mention, you know, getting brain scramblies on this, but it's just impossible to keep all this straight the other thing we didn't mention that's in the commentary that's part of the story that's not part of anything you really pick up in the movie 
is the guy who's in the chair who's always pointing a gun is like the big bad. And he turns into Ned Hogg. Did we mention that? Yeah, we, we did. We said it didn't but make did any we sense. Mention, did we mention but... that when Tiamat defeats him, it doesn't kill him? It turns him back into a human? No, but... Because Omar's not making a horror movie here. Yeah, he keeps saying he doesn't. he's not showing people die because he doesn't want to make a horror movie here. But yeah, no, we, we didn't mention that part. Um, I don't so know. every time Tiamat destroys a, a, another monster, he's not killing them. He's merely taking away their dragon powers and reverting them to their human form because this isn't a horror movie. I will say I've been less miserable. I've been more miserable watching other things. Yeah, that's yeah. Like this, this was definitely like there, there, there was definitely there's definitely some misery involved when you watch this. Yes, but it has a weird like chaos energy to it that like. <laughs> Dragon you're, King Chaos Energy? Yeah, right, yeah. Where you're so, like, in just utter confusion at whatever you're watching. And, like, that confusion never, like, lets up. Bird, you watch Best of the Worst episodes, right? Sometimes. Okay, have you ever seen one where anyone in the screening room suddenly just starts losing their mind and laughing yeah, yeah. at something that's like not super funny. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the moment that finally just breaks them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that like happened to me in this movie. Like at a certain point I just could not stop. And I just could not stop laughing. I was like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. What am I doing? Why am I watching this? And then yet I just like had so much damn fun. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point you just kind of like stop Break. trying to figure out anything. <laughs> like you you your brain mentally like can't handle it anymore. <laughs> and it's just like I give up. <laughs> and that's usually yes, that's usually when something snaps and you start la- like for me, I that happened to me when I watched this, but I don't even remember what made me like laugh. Like, I don't know that I was even laughing at something that I thought was funny. I think I just started laughing because of, like, the absurdity of... Because you start of, going insane. Yeah. <laughs> the absurdity of what I was doing with my life. <laughs> just kind of, like... I was just... I, like, yeah. You, you, there's no other... There's no real way to explain it. Like, you just... Your reality stops having any meaning, and you just, like... Snap. So I have, I have a confession. I watched this with my son. Oh God, that so poor probably, child. My 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 son said, "This is he's like this is the worst movie I've ever seen, and I'm eight years old." Those were his words. <laughs> uh, I'm 37, and it took me 37 years to see this, and I'm not sure that I'll see something in my lifetime that will dethrone it. Imagine being eight and seeing the worst movie you're likely to see for the entirety of your life. Yeah. Like, I would rather watch this than Hip Hop Locos, but, like, Hip Hop Locos is 
slightly more intelligible. Well, he, <laughs> you know, he, Landon, Landon also said he's like, I have no idea what is happening right now, but I'm just watching it because I'm watching it, and that's like the essence of this movie, where you're just sort of like transfixed on it for some reason. But I will also say that both of us were laughing, like, and having a good time. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I think with a watch party of friends, there's some fun to be had. And, like, you, you can't say that about some bad movies. Um, you can say that about this. There's, there's, there's an element to which I think Omar is okay with people enjoying it on that level because he says, like... I just want the human stuff to not be distracting and then some dragons show up and blow up some cities and then we all leave and have a good time. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure that the movie even works on that level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure either. <laughs> Nothing about it really works as a movie. Like every single aspect of filmmaking is either not done at all or <laughs> done horribly here. And that's but, probably, that's probably to our benefit. Yeah. Cause I, th- I think if this movie w- were, you know, had good cinematography and coherent dialogue and, uh, competent, uh, lighting and blocking, um, it might be like the movie in, in the mouth of madness or a cigarette burns <laughs> where like, where, yeah, where John Carpenter's cigarette burns. Like, yeah, it's about this movie that get, gets shown once and it's the, it, and put away because the one time it was screened, everyone went insane and started murdering each other. <laughs> I'm not convinced like that's not going to happen still, to be honest. <laughs> I definitely, uh, you know, for people picking up on the John Carpenter references the last minute or so, after watching this, I did. I, I felt like Sam Neill at the end of In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and and like we said, we we all had that moment when we watched this where we just like mentally snapped and started laughing for no reason. I, it's it's uh, this is too. It's both p- too pure and too horrible Terrible. to exist. <laughs> but it, 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 it and, and it's it, it's the worst thing ever. But there's something there's a cosmic magnetic energy to it that keeps me like hypnotized by it. it it's like the purple light in color out of space. <laughs> It's both the worst thing ever, but you are drawn into it. I was waiting for Bird to start chucking tomatoes into the sink. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, that's a <laughs> Dragon Lizard Lord Super Monster. Um... I I don't know. I will say, you know, with the time between these shorts and now, you know, I know he wants to do a, a proper like live action sequel, 
and he's actually he's making like the suits right now and he's still doing it the way he always did it like sewing it scale by scale by scale um the the dragon i think it was tiamat it's not godzilla anymore obviously but like he brought at least what was in the suit in progress to g-fest and um it'll be interesting to see if as an older person you know not a high school kid in the 90s anymore like if he's picked up any filmmaking instinct you know like will this have establishing shots or a basic three-act structure or (laughs) you know i'm curious to see you know god willing if he's if he is able to actually make the next one will it feel more like a movie? Has he learned alert, anything? No. Will, like, will will there be any rule or uh, fundamental of filmmaking followed? I don't know. No. <laughs> I'll tell if you this, though. Was, if, if there was, though, would that take away from some of that, like, the energy that this movie has? I feel, I feel like it might because it has a potential to somehow be worse. Maybe, but I also feel like he's still going to be like 100% sincere and unironic. Mm. And he'll probably like have a lot of crazy dragon religion stuff in there. It'll still be Omar, I think. Because we're going to talk about the animated sequel in just a minute, and that Mm. is definitely more, like, purposely, like, comedic, but it still has the Omar (laughs) quality. It it has the the Omar-isms are there still. (laughs) For better or worse. (laughs) Uh, So, wrapping up this movie, uh, how many homages to gamera super monster out of five uh i mean on letterboxd i gave it a half star it's probably deserving of zero as like a movie but like like i said there's worse movies or there's there's movies that are quote-unquote better that i would where i would rather watch this i would rather watch this than like transformers 2 any day so I'm going to oh. kind of give it like a little bit of a pity half star because I would ra- there's 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 movie million million hundred million hundreds million dollar movies that I would rather like I would choose this over. Oh yeah, I'd rather watch this than like Batman v Superman. Oh yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going I'm going into the the negative pay scale here. This is a hundred, this is a hundred percent. Like this is the movie. This is like the movie that the negative system exists for. Yep. Because attempting to rate this as a movie. Yeah. It's a zero. Like this, this is is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. If my wife had walked into the room while I was watching this, I would have felt more embarrassed than if she had caught me watching porn. <laughs> I I cannot describe accurately how much worse this is than the worst movie 
<clears throat> I have ever previously seen. And yet, it is so sincere, so funny. <laughs> Uh, this this might be like the best worst movie I've ever seen because it's so bad, but it's so sincere. I I like this like I like this better than Birdemic. I, I'm I'm flirting with a negative five out of negative five here. <laughs> <clears throat> I uh, I'll let you mull that over and give us a definite <laughs> five out of five. Uh, I gave this a half star in Letterboxd. Uh, I would go on the Tom negative scale, like like a two and a half. But you know, actual rating would be like a half star. I'll let you. I'll let you take us home with the rating. This, Tom. Is, this is like a. It's, it's a brilliant. Uh, it, it's like, it is, okay, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a little bit of my letterbox review here. There's something almost meta about Dragon Lizard Lord Super Monsters. Much like Godzilla, it is both too beautiful and terrible to exist. It cuts a swath of destruction and madness, so terrifying and awful, it poses a threat to all of humanity. And what is one of the worst things to be let loose on the unsuspecting people of Earth. And yet, it's mesmerizing, beautiful, perfect, pure, and we can learn much from it. <laughs> In fact, it's perhaps too pure. Like pure alcohol, it's too dangerous for human consumption and needs to be distilled in order for us to process it without dying. Luckily, it's the ugliest movie I've ever seen in the entirety of my existence. <laughs> Negative five out of negative five. Did we mention that uh, Not Jet Jaguar had a lightsaber? Yes. I forgot about that, yeah. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Okay. um, (laughs) I don't know if the... It's lightning in a bottle. (laughs) Yeah. um, Okay. So... There is a animated sequel to this that comes on the Blu-ray. Uh, it's called Hammer of Draco, Wrath of the Dragons. Um, animated is almost a generous term for it. <laughs> so, uh, now, if you've been keeping up story-wise, uh, somewhere... Um, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a music video... That is supposed to sh- explain how Omar's character gets the sword <laughs> or something. Um, he gets something. Is it the sword? Whatever the answer is, we're not going to make sense of it, but. Um, I don't look- remember the music video well. I watched it too close in succession to watching. The first movie. It was basically my uh, brain was not 
recalibrated yet. It was basically one of these songs um, set to like a monster battle and uh it was um it was like an orange uh dragon and like it wasn't the ones in Dragon Lizard Lords and I and I think on one of the commentaries I think he said at one point he had it in there as like a fight scene but so it I, it seems like something that was made probably not um uh I don't know. Probably not something that was made in around the same era that he made these fan films because it's like two of his monsters, like they're not like Toho ones or whatever. Um, and uh, it's supposed to explain how he got like a weapon that he shows up with in uh, in Hammer of Draco. I don't know that. It does. <laughs> but that's what he says. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, when Tom said earlier animated is a term that is being used loosely, um, like, this is, like, if you think of, like, those adult swim shows, like, uh, Tom Goes to the Mayor or whatever, that are, like, barely animated, this is, like, less animated than those. 12-ounce mouse. Yeah, yeah, this is, like, even less animated than those. And I I don't know what he used to animate it, but uh, it looks like stuff that he made on, like, MS Paint. Like, just to describe yeah. what it looks if- like. It yeah, it wasn't. It couldn't have been animated in paint, right? Yeah, I don't know if paint does. I don't know if paint but animates anything. It a hundred percent looks like it was all drawn in paint. Yeah, um, I don't know if I don't know if uh, he said how it was animated, but. Um, I'm okay. So uh, Tiamat is in this, I believe, and then there's a a red dragon too. Is that supposed to be That's like Draco? Okay, Quetzalcoatl. Okay, King Draco, Quetzalcoatlus Dracos, or something like that. <laughs> um. Uh. Story-wise, is this more or less coherent than... Oh, it's quite a bit more. You can follow a a general basic thread, kind of, of what's going on. Yeah, kind of. Without sort of. the commentary. <laughs> it, it focuses on a, uh, a shark alien, right? Is, is he yeah, like bra- called bra- like a, break it down for us what's what's the song is he about? called like a sharkazoid or something? is he i don't know if he's it's an alien who's a shark they're zegrins essentially sure well i guess zegra <laughs> was the only shark um named <laughs> named hammerhead hammerhead, hammerhead hagen hammerhead hagen who comes to earth on a mission of conquest Knowing that Earth's leader 
lives in the White House when he crashes into the garage of Earthman Dan, who lives in a White House. He thinks he has found the leader of Earth. Over the next what felt like hours, Hammerhead Hagen and Earthman Dan uh, live a a very Squidbillies-esque sort of life <laughs> and try to repair Hammerhead Hagen's ship. When they do get it finally repaired, Hammerhead Hagen takes Earthman Dan and his daughter. Is his daughter's name Betty? Or am I just making that up? I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Back to his home planet where he's like, I've got the Earth leader. And incomprehensible dialogue exchanges because they're blown. The levels are blown out. And you can't hear, but he's talking to his planet's leader. And the guy is like, no, we wanted like the Earth leader because we want to hold the Earth ransom or something. And if they don't surrender, we'll flood the Earth. And then he sends them back, and then he's like, we're not going to actually flood the Earth. We all just hate Hammerhead Hagen. He's such a piece of crap. Then Santa Claus is pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Then, Then Santa Claus is pissed off because it's Christmas, and he's sick of it. And the U.S. military has shot his sled down. <laughs> and so then he gets Earthman Dan drunk. And Earthman Dan, I think, insults the leaders of the shark planet enough that they do invade. And the only hope at stopping them is the dragons or something, maybe. And then, like, Tiamat wakes up. Or, no, the shark invasion blows up a mountain which releases. Tiamat and Quetzalcoatl who then fight the sharks to see who's allowed to destroy the world except the entire world floods except then the dragons also destroy all the buildings on earth except then they repel the shark invading army and the flood goes away and everyone lives happily ever after. There's also like a subplot about like this pollution, yeah. this, this pollution monster called Grime, I think, and he's Grime. like trying to recruit people at a AA meeting, <laughs> and Santa's there. Yes, yeah, so, and Santa's one of the people at the AA meeting, and then the person who's running the AA meeting is like, Santa, what are you talking about? You've never had beer in your life. You've been drinking dirt this whole time. Yeah. That happens. That definitely happens. I don't remember how that plot thread is resolved. Oh, I'm sure it's not. (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember Grime takes off his hood and there's like a skull under it. And then I think. Does Hammerhead Hagen eat him? Somebody does get eaten, but I don't remember. And oh, and, the, and then at the at the end, I, once again, I don't know if this is in the movie or was just in his commentary. I like at the end, don't the dragons just like destroy the world anyway? That's they were destroying the world while it was also flooding. And I, I, I don't on the I, on the commentary. He's I think it's on the commentary. He says the dragons um, rapture everyone. The dragons rapture everyone except for people that like. Like Don't dragons or whatever, something. So I guess like, well, yeah, I guess that's quite literally a rapture. Is like everyone but the dragon believers are saved, right? Or no, the dragon believers are raptured as salvation or something. It's something like that. Everyone, someone is raptured. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, I think I remember him saying like the dragons put the like the dragon friendly humans in like a crystal or something. Sure, that might as well happen. <laughs> oh wait, the, uh, you also forgot about the weird uh, video game segments. Oh yeah, when King King Kupar. <laughs> Is, is it is it King Koopar? It's something Koopar, and it's definitely supposed to be Koopa. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I guess he was trying to make his own video game, and like, got told like it, it looks would like cost eighty five thousand dollars. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looks like something from like a Commodore sixty four. I mean, the whole movie looks like that, but. Uh, for some reason, like they keep cutting to like. Video game, a video game. Is someone supposed to be playing it? I, I just we are it's like the monster <laughs> fighting. There's so many squiggles in this movie that it's hard to tell, like what's the video game and what's not. So the answer is yes to whatever question you're asking. According according to Omar, we are playing the video. Remember, it's supposed to be fun. Like we're all winning the video game. Yeah, that didn't. I mean, that that doesn't answer my question. But yeah. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> the commentaries for both of these movies are are crazy. By the way, he keeps saying the dragons are hard to work with. I don't know. Yeah, what he, what's so confusing about that? <laughs> I don't know what the, what he means by that. Um, he says this took him ten years to make, which. Okay, if you watch the trailer that's on YouTube, you're going to be like, how did this take you 10 years to make? Except my counter is, imagine if you didn't know anything about animation, even a little bit, and you were to animate every single frame of this. Because I feel like that's maybe what he did. (laughs) Yeah, I... Yeah, I think I feel like he, it's not far off to say he drew almost every frame of this. Yeah, I, I think he doesn't know how to do animation at all and decided to make an animated movie by himself and <laughs> was just like that's why it uh <laughs> that's why it took ten years. Mm-hmm. 
It didn't work out as well as he didn't know how to make a suit by himself. And just, no. And just made one anyways. I, yeah, I mean, for I, I don't know how many people are going to have the uh, fortitude to watch all, like, hour and 16 minutes of this. We it's did, a struggle. but we're... What are it's we? It's a struggle. I mean, are, are we stupid? Someone is. Yes. <laughs> um... There's a part in the commentary where he like just suddenly starts talking about some dragon that's not there. And he's very confused about where that dragon is. And he's wondering why it didn't. It might be one of the ones from the music video. And he like has like a five minute argument with himself about where that dragon was. And then he decides that it was on the shoulder of the Omar character throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Um, he does explain a lot of the jokes though. And some of them I was like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like he says like, Oh, this is like the first joke of the movie. And I was like, nothing happened. And he's like, the alien spaceship lands in the garage, which is like a callback to elf because elf was stuck working on his spaceship in their garage for like five seasons. And I was like, Oh, Um, uh, what's the deal with the part where Earthman Dan gets the tattoo on his chest and I don't know yeah I, I it was like <laughs> that I that was like where he uh he I think on the commentary I think he said he wanted doesn't he say he wanted something he wanted him to look like He-Man or something? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he gets a dragon tattoo on his chest after he like I guess kind of uh I don't know, he he doesn't ever like fully like pledge allegiance to the dragons, so I don't... He just wants, uh, he wants beer. That's all he wants, beer. That's true. And something about his truck, I don't remember. His truck can defeat dragons or kaiju or something like that. It's Demigod Kupar, by the way. (laughs) Demigod Kupar. Oh. Kupar? Yeah. (laughs) Huh. This definitely has that like late night adults swim squidbillies bit of like aqua teen sort of vibe, especially when uh, Hammerhead Hagen's doing anything. This is something Adult Swim would just put on at like three in the morning, yeah, and not explain. Someone should send this to Adult Swim. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> they really yeah. should. They, yeah. <clears throat> They'd put this on in a block called like paid programming. <laughs> <laughs> it would be this. Uh, so uh, I ha- oh ham- demigod Kupar saves ladies and protects them, and then gets a magic shield and runs through the castles and destroys all the 
uh, tanks, and I have no idea how that that plays into the movie itself. Uh, none of it makes the least little bit of sense. <laughs> um, this this one was I, I don't know about you, but th- this one was like exhausting for me. Oh I, yeah. Uh, I mean, they both are, but this is in a, a a little bit of a different way, and this is longer. Yeah. Also, yeah, I was gonna say this is longer, so that makes it I this think, this cool. this was exhausting for me. You know, he keeps talking about how he didn't want to cheap out on the destruction sequences. What does that the, even mean when you're making something on like one less twiggly line? I don't. What does that even mean when you're making something like on like a Atari <laughs> or some or whatever like? I have no idea. Um, and it, it is just like, I I tried to watch it after I'd been at a brewery all day the first day. And oh, like my, my alcohol impaired brain could not process. I mean, my sober brain can't either, but at least it can throw up some defense mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't I I couldn't handle it. Um it uh it really like this this the defies description. All of this does. <laughs> yeah. Uh um when I was watching cuz I watched it before anyone else. When I was watching it I was like sending you guys clips of it. And, like, I think the first one I sent you was, like, Hammerhead Hagen telling Earthman Dan that, like, they need to go to his garage and get tools or something. And I was just like, this is, this is what I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's pretty much the experience in a nutshell. It's like you're just kind of left being like, this is, uh, you know, this is how I'm spending the next, you know, hour and 15 minutes. Um, I, had to, I had to break it up a little bit to be able to get through it. I think had it been like 45 minutes, but similar, like not changing really much about it, it would have, uh, would have helped. Your it wife would have thought you were even crazier if she watched you, if she like saw you watching this. throughout throughout his commentary he says things like um earthman dan is the next potential homer simpson um he uses stock footage from uh, dragon lizard lord super monsters and he's like i think i did a pretty good job if if you pay attention you could tell which of these dragons it is uh in the animated movie um which you can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, although he does say, he does say it's because it's the one that doesn't have wings. And then you're like, well, okay, I guess. I mean, you made two dragons for this movie and one of them doesn't have wings. So sure. <laughs> um, yeah. He keeps saying the dragons are hard to work with. Uh, oh, uh, it was, it was, was supposed to be, this this was originally conceived as a video game that was supposed to be 
a mashup of Zelda and Rampage? That's not okay. <laughs> How would you even put those two together? Not Mario? Are we sure about this? Is he sure about this? Zelda and Rampage, Matt. And uh, and also, this is a Christmas movie um, that uh, you should try to gather the whole family around uh, for the holidays and, <laughs> and have have a good time. Oh, and also, there's the one part very early on where they're like, there's a 35,000 car pile up. And he's like, yeah, that's like based on my real life. Um, my dad worked in uh, a a mechanic shop and I, and you know, just anywhere you go, you see like a 35,000 car avalanche. And, um, I just thought that was interesting. Is that something you see in your everyday life? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. And then (laughs) he tells the story of why he's making an animated sequel at all. He says he had a friend who bet him he couldn't make something animated and like he was like no i definitely can and he then as like he was like i'll make you something animated if you like commission me to do it and the guy was like okay well well, sure what do you want you know like how much how much money do you want he's like no no give me like some whatever godzilla toy so his friend gave him a Godzilla toy and he made like a Hammerhead Hagen short and his friend hated it. <laughs> and he was like, what? You told me that one of the characters names should be Hammerhead Hagen. So I made him a space shark. How could you not see that coming? And then I <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept his toy and then I made this movie. And didn't he say at one point, he says Earthman Dan is someone he met? Yes. He says that. What exactly does he mean by that? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) See? See, this is what this does to us. Uh, Did Did he also say... At one point that he like met Ed Wood or something. Yeah, I well, I I remember him like quoting Ed Wood, but you, you but you you recalled that he said that he had met him. That might just be my brain again throwing up uh, defense mechanisms. Mm. Um, he says something like, "I was really struggling until uh, one of my buddies introduced me to Ed Wood," and. And, you know, I learned from Ed that the philosophy of, like, it's just good enough, move on to the next thing. Maybe he means the movie Ed Wood. He introduced him to the movie Ed Wood. Oh, that's possible. I guess we won't know, ever. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> he said, yeah, he goes off on, uh... Uh, and like it's not that hard, and you should just do it. But then, it, yeah, it's 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 all over the place. And he keeps talking about how much better he thinks the animation is getting, which, um, more convoluted, absolutely, <laughs> uh, busier for sure, uh, better. 
Mm-hmm. You be the judge, listeners. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my favorite comment. One of my favorite comments was when he says like. And this is during the, the commentary for Dragon Lizard Lords, but he says, like, the first time I tried to do digital fire, you couldn't do digital fire because it was 1998 and you needed to have the technology of 1970s directors. I don't understand that either. It's not how, like, time works. I. <laughs> and he also says that he he does what he does... Because the spirit of his work lies in alt-dragon cinema. And he's sick of how dragons get screwed over by always being the bad guy. And then he goes on a long rant about how he's told his friends or his dad or something, maybe his stepdad, that when he wanted when he grew up he wanted to be a T-Rex. It was like that part in Step Brothers. That's in the the commentary for uh, Dragon Lizard Lord. Oh, okay. Because he because he <laughs> says it when uh, like it picks up a, a miniature Empire State Building. I remember that because he's like, "See, now I'm I'm the T Rex and I'm picking up the Empire State Building." He said like his uncle Randy or something told him like you can't be a dinosaur when you grow up, and he's like, "Well, see, now I am the dinosaur and I'm picking up the Empire State Building." He's not wrong. It's it's not a skill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the commentary for the 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 sequel, he's like is he like the sequel obviously is meant to be like funny, like it, it's often not. <laughs> but like even with it being like more tongue in cheek humorous or whatever, like listen to that commentary and it, it, Omar is still he he's just still Omar, man. He's still like, you know, I'm not going to cheap out and, you know, see, I got all these big ideas that the modern monster movies won't do. We're taking it, you know, this whole thing right here is in outer space and I'm going to give you all the destruction you want. Like, he's still very, uh, he still has that uh, Omar-ness <laughs> that yeah. we, we were talking about when we talked about Dragon he Lizard. He, like, blows Lord. up. He blows up all these buildings and he blows up the moon at one point, but then like 30 seconds later, everything's just fine again because it's not a horror movie. Um, so people can't die, even though like the entire world floods. Um, <laughs> and dragons kill everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, uh, he credits himself as himself in the credits. Did you catch that? What what do you mean? In the, the in the animated thing, he well, first of all, he credits like I don't know if you caught in the credits that he credits like various dragons as other dragons or something. Like he credits like Leo the the bearded dragon as Omega Shenron Tiamat. I wonder like if because there's a part where like it it cuts to like a few pictures of like different like lizards. Like um, superimposed like into cities, so maybe those are like his lizards, and like that's what he's doing. Maybe there's no way to tell with, with Omar. There's no way to tell ever. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, well, if he credits himself as himself, 
Wouldn't that just say, like, his name and then as himself? He also credits Dan's dad. Huh. None of it makes any sense. Hey, in Dragon Lizard Lords, wasn't there a part where it cuts to, like, a hummingbird or something also? We was that in Dragon Lizard Lords or was that in this? I I li- that was in Dragon... Yes. Yeah. It was in Dragon Lizard Lords, and during the end credits, all of a sudden it cuts to a shot of a hummingbird for... Uh, would you say it's about, like, <laughs> 55 frames? Like, it's like it's slightly more than two seconds? Yeah, yeah. And and then it just cuts back to the rest of the movie, and m- my working theory is that somebody t- taped over that. Like, like <laughs> Oh, yeah, that... He left point. he left the video camera that he was making his movie on in like he he left the tape in the video camera and someone saw a hummingbird outside and started taping and he had to be like no That's my movie <laughs> Um but then he never took it out Yeah Yeah I- <laughs> But yeah, the Hammer of Draco, uh, yeah, it still has that sincerity that, that, like, I, that, that, I don't know, that it gives it that, like, this is too horrible to look at, but, like, I'm weirdly invested quality. Not as much as Dragon Lizard Lords, cause it's, cause this is just hard to look at. <laughs> for an hour <laughs> an hour and some minutes uh but you know the the omarness of it is is still intact even though it's you know i guess taking itself a little less seriously he's you know he's a character yes Is there a deleted scene on the Blu-ray? There is. I don't know if I looked at it. I, I think it was just like... No, I did. It was, There's one on YouTube. Yeah, it, it's probably the same one. The one on the Blu-ray, I think, is like Godzilla and Godzilla Jr. Or, for the purpose of this, uh, Tiamat and baby Tiamat, like, walking around or something. Oh, no, the or one that's on stuff. YouTube is called Dragon Lizard Lord Super Monsters Deleted Scene 2 Omega Tiamat Odin Awakens from Atomic Bomb. Um, And then it ends with uh, a recreation of, and it's just a brief, like, again, it's another, this is a thing that, like, it's probably about 26 frames of recreation of Godzilla flying, uh, like, from Godzilla versus Hedera. Huh. Well. There's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. There's also uh, a 2012 movie short that maybe we should have watched called Quetzalcoatl. Nope, it's from 2010. Called Quetzalcoatl 2012 Hail Dragons. Huh. I am scrubbing through it right now, and <laughs> you're gonna want to watch this. Oh, when we're done here. How long? So I'm is scrubbing it? through it with no audio. But uh, how long is it? 
Ten minutes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Should we break and watch it? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> My, listen, my brain is mush. I I can only take so much. Uh, scrubbing through it, it is uh, it's one of Omar's pet dragons, like lizards, bearded dragon type of thing, right? <laughs> uh, stomping around, and by stomping around, I'm pretty sure he's like pushing it through. A cardboard bunch of buildings. Oh man! We're, I, yeah, I, we're gonna have to watch. <laughs> we're gonna have to watch this at some point. This might be a pretty good glimpse into what the shorts maybe were like before they got redubbed. Would you think? Maybe, but those were like this is like an actual lizard like walking around. Yeah, where those were, were like were like Godzilla things. But I I don't know what. We, yeah, we'll we'll have to take a look and maybe uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, share it on the Facebook page and uh, that way the these people can take a look for themselves since Matt apparently can't handle it. Dude, I can't. I gotta I gotta be. In, in front of people at work tomorrow. I, I need recovery time. All right. Uh, I guess, I guess we, we can do our final thoughts on uh, Hammer of Draco. How many uh, drunk white stand-ins for Homer Simpson out of five? I'm really, I, this... Like I, I mean, said, I... I'm giving it an... It, like, this is another zero. <laughs> <laughs> I give it one-fourth of a star? Because, like, this is definitely worse than the previous movie. And yet With it's, less enjoyment. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better from a story perspective. You know, like I said, like, I know my... my Summary didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I mean, there was one <laughs> to be made. <laughs> for me, I, 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 I don't know. For me, like, I don't know. There may be one or two jokes in there that I thought were genuinely funny. Um, my biggest thing is that it's just hard to look at for, for so long. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, I love. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And now I think Aqua Teen Hunger Force is, in terms of style, a step up for sure from like 12 Ounce Mouse, Tom Goes to the Mayor, da da da, right? I would never watch more than four to at most five episodes of Aqua Teen Hunger Force in a single sitting. That is, that is at most 40 to 50 minutes. Of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I saw that's one of the I saw the Aqua Teen movie when it came out in theaters, and I was like, "Wow, like I can't like it's yeah, hard to was... hang with this for this long." Yeah. yeah, agree. And that's what this is. This is like if you watched little eleven minute bursts of this here and there over the course of time, you would be like, "This is this is like wild," but 
in uh, 78 minute, right? 76, I think, something like that. It It's exhausting. Especially, like, especially when there's just long stretches of just the same sprite, like, swirling and swirling and swirling around the screen whether it's spaceships or tanks and like squiggly lines just blasting at dragons and like nothing is happening and there's like no sound effects and it's just like eight straight minutes of that it was rough so what's your rating I don't know negative two and a half negative two (laughs) Okay, Matt, you said a four, but, but, fourth. But of it's a like star. a it's like a zero. Like I gave it a half yeah. star on Letterboxd. I mean, well, you can't rate it you, lower than that because you can't get stuff a zero. Yeah, this is this is like a fourth of a star, I guess. But I can't do that on Letterboxd. I gave it a half. What earns it that fourth of a star? Hammerhead Hagen, man. Hammerhead Hagen's pretty cool. I I stand Hammerhead Hagen. And his two little teefers. I like Hammer. He's got a pretty cool design. He does. That's that's worth half, not a half, a fourth of a star, in my opinion. It's worth half a star, but then you take another half off. (laughs) 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 Oh, we also forgot to mention that the commentary for Dragon Lizard Lord ends with him saying that he's Gamera, and then it just ends (laughs) abruptly. With, like... Not an insignificant amount of time left. Yeah, it was like five more minutes. <laughs> or something. I don't know if it's that much. It is It is like two and a half, I think. Yeah. All right, so here's the question. Did you give your rating for... Oh, you said it's a zero. Yeah, it's a zero, but uh, I mean, on Letterboxd, it's, I gave it a half, and I guess if I was going to do the your negative idea, I would probably give it like a negative two. It is wild. It's just, it's, it's, it's just too hard to look at. Um... But yeah, it's easily also go back to the go back to the live action and go back to the suits so that at least you know I could be like oh there's you know yeah. well that's what he's trying to do um, yeah uh, well well uh, here's the thing you know I mean uh, who kn- I mean who knows at what point he might get another movie done if he gets if he if he does get to make it um, but he's working on stuff he's trying to find actors he's f- you know making his suit when Omar returns to us. Will we be there? <sighs> yes. I mean, it's us, of course. Yeah. I feel like we have to. I I I am I I think I think we have no choice. <laughs> like we with the I don't know, the kaiju genre has needed it's probably needed a guy like this for a while. <laughs> like I said, it's like we have our own Tommy White. You just said that. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I mean, Omar, God bless you, sir. You keep being you. Don't change. Uh, yes, be, because uh, guys like this don't just don't just come out every day, you know. 
the, this is this is someone that is uh, on another another level of existence in reality from the rest of us. Um, yeah, he just phases into our universe every now and then to just drop a <laughs> dragon lizard lord on us. Yeah, and I will say, Matt and Tom sent me five dollars, and I spent the other ten to get this Blu-ray, and. I'm not I like I'm I'm okay with it. The the the, the that entire Blu-ray, the movies, the commentaries, the music video, the making of all that stuff like is like a lot of like even if the movies are bad, there's like interesting content and a really like strange interesting dude behind all of it and like I'm okay with having it. Like I'm 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 more happy about having that than, you know, some other crap that I forget. Raga, Raga versus Oga, or you know, like oh yeah, I, I watched this. Yeah, like, like I, I've had buyer's rem. I, I'm not. I don't have buyer's remorse. I've had buyer's remorse for better movies. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Actually, I, uh, I, I would rather revisit this than. Raga versus yeah, Oga. The, 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 this it just as like a, a a a release. The blue this Blu-ray has a lot of uh, novelty value. It also ought to be mentioned that it, that that's criminal to to for, for <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> I mean, again, we, we we have spent a good amount of time, you know. Uh, uh, I think lauding Omar for his sincerity and and his you know commitment and everything, but uh, that this has like a stacked Blu-ray release, while you know like uh, uh, Eagle of the Pacific or, or Farewell Rabool or things <laughs> yeah. like that, like have never been released at all stateside. I I don't know who, but somebody should be in prison for that. Probably some corporate guys, corporate Toho guys. That's the thing. Sure, Om- Omar is just a dude that you got to go. Hey, you want to put this on? You want to release this on Blu-ray? And boom, there, there you go. <laughs> uh, Toho will never be better. And uh, yeah, they should be incarcerated. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well. Uh, you know, it's good that we we had a chance to to talk about this because uh, the 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 going through the contents of this Blu-ray uh, was a journey. It was, and, and honestly, it's not one you should take alone. It really, yeah, no. Well, you need you need to have loyal friends like these guys. At least here. people that you can like. If they're not going to watch it with you, at least people you can vent to. Yes. Who who will be there to to uh, read your insane blathering <laughs> and and understand that you have only gone temporarily insane. Yes. It won't always be like this. <laughs> <laughs> um well uh I guess that uh I guess that, that wraps us up. Um I I I'm con- I'm still very confused and baffled by the things that I've seen, and that's not going to change. 
but uh, uh, yeah, I guess if any of this sounds like something for whatever reason you feel like checking out, <laughs> then uh, have at it. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, Matt and I can finally get back to. I would actively discourage people from other things way less. <laughs> Uh, but that's Dragon Lizard Lords and Hammer of Draco, and um, uh, they're available now on SRS. And uh, Omar, if you're listening, like I said, keep at it, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, let's get out of here. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.